the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Dr. Charles Stanley. Think about this. Would the Lord Jesus Christ, who loved you and me enough to give his life for us, would he allow you and me to be made inferior? Absolutely not. God doesn't make inferior anything. Hear the series, The Source of My Strength, this week on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. Listen to In Touch. Weekday afternoons at 12.30. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name is Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Hello, Detroit. This is Pastor Myron Jenkins of Biblical Living Radio Broadcast. Join me as I dive into God's divine word and teach it to reflect your daily lives. That Biblical Living with me, Pastor Myron Jenkins, every Sunday morning from 8 to 8.30 right here on Faith Talk Detroit. And keep up with me on faithtalkdetroit.com. Biblical living from 8 a.m. every Sunday morning on Faith Talk Detroit. FM 92.7 and AM 1500 Faith Talk Detroit. Life-changing talk radio. An Odyssey station. The following program has been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. When you hear phone numbers, please do not call.
Today on the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. The voters of Virginia sent a message to America. We're going to embrace our parents, not ignore them. The man in the center of the spotlight this week is Glenn Youngkin. We united people around education. It was not a divisive party issue on our side. Glenn Youngkin was joined by several key GOP wins in the state. The issue that really, I think, pushed them over the top was this frustration and the fury of parents in Northern Virginia about what's happening yep. in our schools. The victory was also a repudiation of the current administration. The Biden administration's expansionist government phase ended last night. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Great to be with you. Catch my program each weekday morning live, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and on demand 24-7. Download, please, the Salem News Channel and watch every Salem program every day. Learn more about me at HughHewitt.com and follow me on Twitter at Hugh Hewitt. Please follow this program as well at Town Hall Review. In 2020, Joe Biden took the state of Virginia by 10 points. Four years earlier, in a year when Donald Trump became president, Hillary Clinton won Virginia by seven and a half points. The state is, was, perhaps, solid blue. The man in the center of the spotlight this week is Glenn Youngkin. Virginia's governor-elect joined me on Thursday morning to talk about the agenda ahead. Now, I've got to play for you very quickly, Governor, two quotes by my friend, and she is my friend, Yumi Chow Cinder, at the Biden press conference yesterday. I just want her question so you get how your election is being framed in the national media. Cut number eight, the beginning, Ben, please. Can you play that for the governor-elect? What should Democrats possibly do differently to avoid similar losses in November, especially as Republicans are now successfully running on culture war issues and false claims about critical race theory? Okay, stop right there, then play cut number nine or follow-up. What's your message, though, for Democratic voters, especially black voters, who see Republicans running on race, education, lying about critical race theory, and they're worried that Democrats don't have an effect? Okay, stop right there. So false claims and lying. She's talking about you, uh, Governor-elect. I don't believe you made any false claims. I don't believe you, Misha, knows what happens at Thomas Jefferson High School in Loudoun County or throughout the state. I don't believe she's read what Christopher Rufo has discovered about what Terry McAuliffe directed his Department of Education to do on critical race studies eight years ago. But that is the Yamiches standing in for every other member of the left-leaning, completely co-opted part of the media that, that blocks and tackles for Democrats. What do you say in response to that? Well, well Hugh, losing is hard, I know. <laughs> and this is what you would expect. I mean, we united people around education. And it, it was not a divisive party issue on our side. We brought people together from all walks of the political spectrum, Democrats, Republicans, independents. Uh, and, and we saw support across every minority group. And it was around education for our children. I mean, children are not, children are not a divisive issue. Children, children are the future. And the fact is that what we, what we expressed on our campaign was a, a, a real agenda to get politics out of the classroom and work on educating children to be ready for life, college ready or career ready with a curriculum that actually allows them to excel and run as fast as they can. And, and of course, there's always children that need some extra help and, and investing in our special ed program in Virginia because kids with, uh, kids with disabilities in Virginia have really, really been challenged during this time period. So ours was a very practical, comprehensive approach. And and I understand, I understand that there's a lot of folks in the left liberal side of the Democratic Party that look at this and want to try to 
see it through a completely different lens, it's just not not true. And I know losing is hard for folks, and they're going to make excuses. But at the end of the day, we're pressing forward with an agenda that's going to unite folks around a great education in Virginia. We will have the best schools again. And I just look so forward to, to preparing Virginia's kids for a great life. What worries me, though, Governor-elect, is that Yamiche isn't the Democrats. She's the media, and she's PBS. We pay for Yamiche, and people like her who are presenting what you did as a lie and as a false claim. CRT, which is a subset of CT, and I've been studying CT. You didn't have to go to law school. God bless you. I did since 1978. It's racism. Their central theory is that racism and disparate racial outcomes are the result of complex, changing, and often subtle and social and institutional dynamics rather than explicit and intentional prejudice of individuals. In other words, systemic racism. And the media has embraced it, and they believe it, and it's contrary to our 14th Amendment. It's contrary to Brown v. Board. How do you fight that? If it's in the water, if everyone thinks everybody's a racist, how do you fight that? Well, I think first, you we actually appeal to the better side of ourselves. And I, I found myself during this campaign really drawn to those immortal words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., where we are called to judge one another based on the content of our character, not the color of our skin. And I think we have to keep talking about it. We have to keep talking about it, what it means to actually focus on character and not focus on race. And let's be, let's be uh, clear. Of course, racism exists. It, it, uh, it, is, it always has and it always will. We have to try to root it, root it out when we, when we see elements of it. But at the end of the day, we're called to love one another, and we have to try to live our lives that way. And uh, the, moment, the moment that we throw in the towel and concede that, that uh, we, have to, we have to all of a sudden start teaching our children to view everything through a lens of race, we've all of a sudden lost. And I just think we're better than that. I think Virginians are better than that. I think there are shared values that everyone, everyone can, can, in fact, uh, pull, pull together and, and embrace that we're going to focus on our children's future and helping them, in fact, get ready and, and just begin to and just reject this whole concept that we have to teach everyone that race is at the base of everything we do. Virginia was the first big election since the inauguration of President Biden and the first opportunity for Americans to respond to his aggressive left agenda. They spoke. They were loud. They were clear. The day after, political writer John Fund discussed the results with my friend and colleague, Dennis Prager. Is yesterday a repudiation of Biden? or of democratic policies? All of the above. Go on. Well, look at what was on the ballot in Virginia. Yes, there was Glenn Youngkin versus Terry McAuliffe. Yes, Glenn Youngkin had a positive agenda, repealing the car tax, helping people with uh, increasing the standard deduction, and fighting, of course, critical race theory and opening up more charter schools. Virginia only has eight charter schools in the whole state. And Terry McAuliffe was completely negative. He, all he could do was yell Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, and play Halloween throughout the fall campaign. So there, of course, you had the Biden unpopularity because Biden has failed. Biden is pursuing far more liberal policies than he said he would in the campaign. At the same time, though, you had local issues that played right to conservative strength. And that's why Glenn Young could won. That's why the Republicans took control of the House of Delegates. And that's why the lieutenant governor of Virginia, of Virginia is now a Jamaican immigrant and former Marine, the first black female ever elected to statewide office. And they also won the attorney general's race with the son of Cuban refugees. The Biden administration's expansionist government phase ended last night. I don't know what 
word hurricane, tsunami, earthquake, whatever term you wish to use, Virginia, not only the governor in a state, what was it, uh, Biden won Virginia. Let me ask John Fund because he's a living uh, encyclopedia. John, how much did Biden win? Sorry? Ten points. Ten points. Ten points. And now, and now they lost the attorney general and the lieutenant governor and governor and the state house of representatives, or, or as they call it, the, what is it, the state house of what? Del- delegates? Delegates. Word? And, and, yeah, and delegates. the state senate was not up this time, Dennis, but it's only it's divided 21 Democrats, 19 Republicans. All Youngkin has to do, and previous governors have done that, is find a Democrat in a competitive district to appoint to a cabinet or advisory position that has a nice... Oh, and then open up an election. (laughs) And then there'll be a special election. And then Winston Sears, the new lieutenant governor, the African-American Republican lieutenant governor, would then break the tie and turn over the state senate to the Republicans. What happened in Seattle? That's the one I didn't mention. Well, the retiring, the, the, remember the woman who set up the uh, autonomous or allowed the autonomous zone to, to uh, be set up by the anarchists and the uh, right now. What, what was her? Uh, what's her position? What is her political? She uh, was mayor of Los. She was mayor of Seattle, Jenny Durkin, and uh, she, you know, they burned, they burned down the police station. She didn't rescue the police officers there. They had to flee for their lives. And basically, they set up this autonomous zone, which existed for a couple of months. She said, we'll just have our own summer of love in Seattle. Well, she was so reviled for this cowardice that she retired. So there's an open mayor's race. The two candidates were a woman named Loretta Gonzalez and a woman, a man named Keith Harrell. Both had served on the city council in Seattle. It turns out that Gonzalez was a Marxist, an acolyte of AOC, and she uh, ran about even with him in the first round of the primary for the mayor's race, nonpartisan. And this guy turned out to be a pro-business, pro-law enforcement, against defunding the police, and frankly, believe it or not, a former Republican. And he won a smashing victory for mayor of Seattle. And at the same time, the city attorney, who was a defund the left, George Soros acolyte, he lost to a prosecutor who was a former Republican as well. So uh, I didn't know this one. City attorney of Seattle is also going to a Republican. Is that correct, John? Yes. Uh, Law and order is going to be on the agenda once again in Seattle, and the Soros prosecutor was sent packing. Has the left learned anything from yesterday? Yes. Under no circumstances must you ever follow Terry McAuliffe's example and tell the voters what you really believe. But let me tell you something that happened in New York State. You know, Joe Biden won New York State by 25 points. And the Democratic legislature, which has an iron grip on the state, decided, well, you know, we want to really cement our rule. They put three constitutional amendments on the ballot yesterday. The first one was we're going to make it much easier for the Democratic legislature to gerrymander the state using abstract art and computers uh, to lock down and kick out Republican incumbents the way they just did in Illinois. Secondly, we're going to create a new same-day voter registration system, which is a open invitation to fraud and misuse. It allows people to register and vote using any address, pretending that they're that they're living in the state when they really just drove across the border. And third, 
created a system in which it would make it much easier to get an absentee mail-in ballot mailed to you wherever you are, no restrictions, no safeguards. Each of those measures were on the ballot. The union spent millions to promote them, and 60% plus of New York state residents voted against all three of them. They failed miserably. And the media, the lamestream media, says that voters don't care about election integrity. Well, in liberal New York state, they sure did. Coming up, more on the big win in Virginia. This is a blue state we're talking about. The Town Hall Review returns in a moment. For over two decades, the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy has prepared students for exciting careers in policy and politics through a distinctive curriculum that combines a rigorous study of America's founding principles with the latest tools of policy analysis. I'm Pete Peterson, Dean of Pepperdine, and from our Southern California campus, we've sent over a 1,000 alumni across America and around the world to serve in local governments and nonprofits to Capitol Hill and the Foreign Service. A recent article noted, quote, Pepperdine School of Public Policy is one of those rare institutions that takes its commitment to viewpoint diversity seriously. For this politically polarized era, we teach students how to think, not what to think, understanding that our democratic republic requires critical thinking skills and persuasion. The application period for fall 2022 classes has begun. Find out more at pepperdine.edu slash SPP. That's pepperdine.edu slash SPP. If you don't own a home, you have nothing to fear from home title thieves. But if you do own a home like me and you don't guard it with home title lock, you might be inviting home title fraud. One of the fastest growing crimes. Cyber thieves around the world know our home values are sky high, so that makes us a target. The crime is scary simple. A cyber thief simply forges your name on a property sale form and refiles it. Now he's on the deed to your home and you have no idea you're a victim. Then he takes out loans on your home and vanishes, leaving you to prove to the police that you didn't commit bank fraud. Home Title Lock puts a virtual barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect tampering, they help shut it down. Look, if you have equity in your home, guard it. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you are already a victim and enter radio for 30 days of free protection that's code radio at hometitlelock.com hey everybody charlie kirk here if you've got boxes of old super 8 film vhs tapes and slides collecting dust in your garage worse they're wasting away you need to rescue those recorded moments and have them preserved so they're safe forever let legacy box do this for you over 1 million families have trusted legacy box because it's safe simple and affordable Legacy Box team professionally digitized everything by hand, and you'll get all the originals back, plus perfectly preserved digital copies. This year, they're giving my listeners early access to their Black Friday sale. We've used Legacy Box before at the Charlie Kirk Show and at Turning Point USA. It's an amazing service and would be a perfect way to share home movies and photos when your family's together for Christmas. I put my name completely behind Legacy Box. It's amazing. Relive your most important memories and take advantage of Legacy Box's best sale for the year, Visit LegacyBox.com slash Kirk and get early access to Legacy Box's Black Friday sale. That's LegacyBox.com slash Kirk for an irresistible deal. LegacyBox.com slash Kirk. LegacyBox.com slash Kirk. Before Bamboo HR... (laughs) 
feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had paper stacked. It was all in spreadsheets and, like, folders. From the moment I started using it, I felt calmer. As soon as we started using the bamboo, like, onboarding checklist, I mean, <laughs> it was extremely easy. Headcount, turnover, uh, years of service. Like, there's just so many different reports that I use at different points in time. I'm, like, totally set free to focus on the people, to focus on development, to focus on team dynamics. It's freeing me up to do more of the stuff that actually matters in HR, which is interacting with people, learning from them, and then building stuff for them. Everything is in this one place. I can't even imagine what it would be like without Bamboo HR. We're Bamboo HR, and we'd love to set you free to do great work. Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com HR. By now, you've all heard me talk about MyPillow, and now Mike has done it again with his My Slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop My Slippers. He's designed them to wear inside and outside all day long. They're made with MyPillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, and they're made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike's offering 50% off his My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable, you'll want to get some for the whole family. Go to MyPillow.com and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including some overstock products such as individual towels, blankets, comforters, and so much more. Call 800-919-5912. That's 800-919-5912. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Welcome back to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Come the midterm elections, the party controlling the presidency typically loses a good number of seats in Congress. With Democrats holding a slim majority in the House, this means a Republican takeover is likely. But Biden's policies are enormously unpopular, and his leadership is greatly in question. The spells disaster for the Democrats come November of 2022. And they are well aware. I discussed the year ahead with Jake Sherman of Punchbowl News. Republicans are up, I think, I think it's something like 10 or 15 points in the in the generic ballot, which is, would you vote for a Republican or a Democrat? They're up 51-41, so it's 10 points. That is astounding because, as you know, the generic ballot generally favors the Democrats. So if you're, if you are 50, if, if Republicans and Democrats are tied on the generic, um, that means Republicans have a pretty healthy electoral advantage. So the fact that they're up 10 means that they have an extremely healthy uh, advantage right now in 2022. Well, Jake, it also means that the Democrats are going to get wiped out in 2022 unless President Trump throws the Republicans an anchor and sinks them. But the real story here, it's not the steel dossier. It's not the, the, the spending. It's inflation. Americans hate inflation. I mean, they hate it. You're too young. You actually don't remember 12 percent. Prime rate, get, you know, my first house in 1985 in Fairlington Village, 12.5% with the fetching Mrs. Hewitt. Americans hate inflation, Jake. Have you seen it yet? Have you felt it yet? Yeah, I have um, all over. I mean, you, you can't help but going to the supermarket and noticing things are more expensive. But I will say this, it's going to be the political issue. I don't know how it subsides between now and election day. I'm not saying it won't. But I don't know how Democrats are going to do it. I mean, they are arguing that this this bill, this uh, two point two trillion dollar bill, is going to help 
uh, is going to help inflation. I think Republicans are making the, the obvious counterargument that it's obviously not going to help inflation. So this is a big this is kind of what the uh, election will turn on. Larry Summers said an interesting thing yesterday. Cut number four. Look, they forecast that inflation would be two percent this year in the president's budget. It's three times that they said in the summertime after they'd been initially wrong that inflation would be back to normal by the end of the year. Then they said early in the fall that inflation would subside early next year. Now they're saying that it's going to subside in the second half of uh, next year. Sooner or later, I'm sure it will subside. But my judgment is, given the inflation momentum that has built up, that it's going to take some significant policy adjustment or uh, some unfortunate accident that slows the economy before inflation gets back to uh, the 2 percent range. So, uh, uh, Jake Sherman, I think Larry Summers there, a Democrat, of course, just called for the meteor strike on America ending inflation. Honestly, that was uh, you would never have him address a football rally. Right. But if you just listen to him, that's (laughs) dire, dire stuff. It is. I mean, and the administration obviously has had its um, disagreements with Summers, and Summers has been held out kind of the, as the Mark Zandi of this generation. You'll remember Mark Zandi was uh, John McCain's economic advisor and has been more along the lines of Democrats in the last couple of years. But listen, it, 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 he's not the only one that says this. The White House is, is keen on suggesting that there are 17 noble Nobel, sorry, Nobel-winning uh, uh, economists who say that this bill will not hurt inflation, and obviously there are probably many who say it will. So uh, that, that, we're not going to find we're not going to find unanimity here, Hugh. But yeah, but Larry Summers. Let, let's be clear for the audience. Larry Summers, the former Secretary of the Treasury under Bill Clinton, former economic czar under President Obama, former president of Harvard. I don't care about Nobel laureates. He's actually done both sides of the aisle. He knows he's the uh, the admission against interest. He's a Democrat's Democrat. And he says it's not going to subside. So let's just assume for a moment he's right. What's that mean for the House next year? Well, I think I think undoubtedly the House is is going to be it's going to go. I mean, listen, we we can't say undoubtedly, but nine times out of 10, if you run this election, it's going to be it's going to go to Republicans. Why? Because we've seen this over a long period of time. Now, I have we have an interesting specific view, and and you're a man who understands history well. But um, in if if McCarthy, if Kevin McCarthy is able to win 35 seats, that will be the largest House majority since uh, 1930, I believe, when Republicans had 270 seats. So he doesn't have to pull off a 2010-type upset where he wins 63 seats, although he believes he'll win 63 seats. He needs to win, like, 35, and he has the largest House Republican majority in almost 100 years. At the beginning of the week, CNN broke news of a rift between Vice President Kamala Harris and President Joe Biden. Speculation of issues between the two has circulated for months. But this was the first time that the Biden-friendly media jumped on the story aggressively. Here's Salem host Larry Elder. Headline, exasperation and dysfunction inside Kamala Harris' frustrating start as vice president. Again, the reason this is important is because this is CNN, which I watch, so you don't have to. Let me just read you part of a very, very long article. Worn out by what they see as entrenched dysfunction, lack of focus. Key White House aides have largely thrown up their hands at Vice President Kamala Harris and her staff. 
thrown up their hands, entrenched dysfunction. Again, this is CNN. And remember, here's the deal. Joe Biden was dragged across the finish line because they did not want Bernie Sanders, who had just won the Nevada caucuses, to get the nomination because they figured that he could not beat Donald Trump. So Joe Biden, bumbling along, Mr. Magooing his way along, was dragged across the finish line because he was perceived as a moderate that the party could get behind. They didn't care that he was having some issues of cognition declining. They didn't care that he was clueless. They didn't care that Robert Gates, his uh, Obama's first secretary of defense, said Joe Biden had been wrong on every major foreign policy decision in the last 20 years. They didn't care that, according to a book called Game Change about the 2008 campaign, uh, candidate Obama was quoted as saying, how many more times is Joe Biden going to say something stupid? They didn't care about his 30-year-long record of lying about his civil rights record. They didn't care about his record of lying about trying to visit Nelson Mandela uh, in apartheid South Africa. They didn't care about him saying, I, 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 was, I grew up in the black church. They didn't care about any of that stuff. They didn't care about him lying about him finishing the top half of his class when he finished at the bottom. They didn't care about any of that. They just hated Donald Trump. So much, they're going to drag this guy across the finish line and sort it out later on. The sort it out later on scenario was he would not make it until 2024. And again, that didn't matter. His job was to stop Donald Trump. And then he'd hand over the reins to Kamala Harris, who was chosen because she's a female, person of color, and not necessarily because she would be competent. This is what you get. Exasperation and dysfunction. Entrenched dysfunction. Excuse me. Lack of focus. Interviews with nearly three dozen former and current Harris aides, administration officials, Democratic operatives, donors, and outside advisors who spoke extensively to CNN. Now, why would they speak to CNN? This isn't Fox, CNN. They're scared to death. They see Biden at 38%, Kamala Harris is at 28%. They are scared to death. They are throwing her overboard, the Biden administration. That's why people are talking. They are scared to death that Biden won't make it to 2024. They're scared to death that you know who is waiting in the wings to retake the White House. And they don't believe that Kamala Harris can defeat him. Cancel culture goes after the Rittenhouse judge for a simple joke. Hope the Asian food isn't coming. It's on, isn't on one of those boats in Long, uh, Long Beach Harbor. The Town Hall Review returns in a moment. I have been FM 92.7 and AM 1500 Faith Talk Detroit Life Changing Talk Radio in Odyssey Station. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. Before abortion was legalized, pro-abortion activists claimed tens of thousands of women died from illegal back alley abortions. One of those people, Dr. Bernard Nathanson, later admitted those numbers were totally false. According to the U.S. Vital Statistics, only 39 women died from illegal abortions the year before Roe v. Wade. Today, the extreme pro-abortion organization called Occupy Democrats claims the same outrageous numbers. They also claim Roe was the end of women dying from abortions. This is another lie. Hundreds of women have died from legal abortions since Roe. And those are only the reported ones. Most go unreported. Abortion advocates will say and do anything to keep the lucrative abortion industry humming along while women and their babies suffer. Like us on Facebook at Life Issues and stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. 
Are there parts of your life that you keep hidden from your spouse? Ashley Willis says that's not unusual. The reason so many of us are scared to share things like this in marriage is because we live in a culture that says you're crazy if you're going to be that vulnerable. Pursuing transparency and oneness in a marriage relationship. Next time on Family Life Today with Dave and Ann Wilson. Listen for Family Life Today, weekday mornings at 730. In the Bible, Jesus says when we care for the least of these, it's like we're caring for him. But who are the least of these? They're moms, like Myrna from Guatemala, who fights every day just to keep her children fed. Right now, they are hungry. They want food, and we don't have money enough to get to that whole week. COVID-19 has left the world's poorest families on the brink of starvation. Throughout the Caribbean and Latin America, the basics of food and access to clean water are a daily struggle. Living is really hard. I only get food when other people give me food. When you partner with Food for the Poor, you answer the desperate prayers of moms and kids. Your gift of $175 will provide food for a year and water for life for two suffering children. Just pennies a day gives food and water, hope and life. Please give life now. Dial 855-849-4673, 855-849-4673, or click the red Give Life banner at faithtalkdetroit.com. Welcome back to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Brought to you in partnership with our sponsor, the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. The Rittenhouse trial is another example of how everything is turned political in this woke climate. And as the trial progressed, many on the left saw the judge as the enemy. They attacked him on social media, and the judge and his family received death threats. Much of the vitriol increased after a simple joke the judge made about lunch. Here's Dennis Prager. The judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse case ordered Asian food in, made the following comment. You will now hear it from the judge. So this is now being played on CNN. The judge presiding over Kyle Rittenhouse's homicidal tri- homicide trial made a strange and offensive joke inside the courtroom today. I want you to listen to what Judge Bruce Schroeder said as the court was preparing to take a lunch break. Well, let's hope for one o'clock. I don't know. The, uh, hope the Asian food isn't coming. It's on, isn't on one of those boats in Long, uh, Long Beach Harbor. So he appears to be referring to the supply chain backlogs caused by congestion problems in California ports. But his comments were offensive and perceived as anti-Asian by some and as placing blame on Asian people for a catastrophic event happening in this country. John Yang, the president and executive director of Asian Americans Advancing Justice, told CNN that the joke, and I quote here, harms our community and puts us in the crosshairs of microaggressions as well as actual physical violence. You see how they lie? I told lying is not an issue to the left. The judge ordered Asian food and made a crack. I hope it's not being delayed in the ship delays. How is that possibly anti-Asian? What if he had ordered Italian food? You know, I ordered that Italian food and (laughs) these delays, they just, would that be anti-Italian? So let I'm curious, if that wouldn't be anti-Italian, uh, why, why is this anti-Asian? It's like the L.A. Times calling Larry Elder the, the black face of white supremacy. There is nothing the left will say. Well, it's, but there is nothing the left will not say because it isn't true. 
That does not stop them. It is not a consideration. There was nothing anti-Asian. People order Asian food. That's it. And to have a crackpot come on, to say it will cause violence against Asians, the judge's comment about the Asian food, he hope is he hope that he ordered doesn't like. Daily Wire media lose it over Rittenhouse judge's joke about Asian food and supply chain holdups. The media lost their collective mind of a completely innocuous joke. The judge overseeing the Kyle Rittenhouse case made about lunch coming late to the courthouse on Thursday. I hope the Asian food isn't coming, isn't on one of those boats from Long Beach Harbor. The joke could not be more harmless. All Judge Schroeder did was joke that the food, hopefully not, but possibly being held up by a supply chain delay. He also described the food the court ordered as Asian. One would assume that was because the food they ordered was Asian. Well, let's hope for one o'clock. I don't know. The, uh, hope the Asian food isn't coming. It's not, it's not one of those boats in Long, uh, Long Beach Harbor. But the media somehow found a way to make it offensive. Apparently, Judge Schroeder made the joke because the food was Asian in very coded language. He was blaming the pandemic on all of Asia by noting a really a very real supply chains delay. The, quote, racist, unquote, judge also lucked out that the food he ordered was Asian. Judge and Kyle Rittenhouse trial makes inappropriate Asian food jokes, CNN read a headline. Schroeder, the longest-serving active judge in Wisconsin's trial courts, appeared to be referring to the supply chain backlogs caused by congestion problems in California ports, CNN wrote. But his comments were offensive and perceived as anti-Asian by some and as placing blame on Asian people for a large-scale event. The piece accused the judge of cultural insensitivity and mocking the Asian community. NBC News dialed up the drama to running this headline, NBC. Judge in Kyle Rittenhouse trial faces backlash for Asian food joke. USA Today ran with this gem. How not to be a good judge. Kyle Rittenhouse judge draws new backlash with Asian food joke. That is now anti-Asian. He's a racist. This is what the mainstream media report. Coming up, Lieutenant Governor of Virginia. This left-wing media has been gaslighting us uh, uh, to let us know that, well, there is no such thing as CRT. When we have seen with our own eyes that back in 2015... The Virginia State Board of Education put it on their website. Our discussion when the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt returns in a moment. For over two decades, the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy has prepared students for exciting careers in policy and politics through a distinctive curriculum that combines a rigorous study of America's founding principles with the latest tools of policy analysis. I'm Pete Peterson, Dean at Pepperdine, and from our Southern California campus, we've sent over a 1,000 alumni across America and around the world to serve in local governments and nonprofits to Capitol Hill and the Foreign Service. 
A recent article noted, quote, Pepperdine School of Public Policy is one of those rare institutions that takes its commitment to viewpoint diversity seriously. For this politically polarized era, we teach students how to think, not what to think, understanding that our democratic republic requires critical thinking skills and persuasion. The application period for fall 2022 classes has begun. Find out more at pepperdine.edu slash SPP. That's pepperdine.edu slash SPP. I can't breathe. This is David Horowitz. Those three words rocked the nation last year. The violence that came after George Floyd's death opened new fault lines in the American political landscape. David Horowitz's new book is entitled I Can't Breathe, How a Racial Hoax is Killing America. From Trayvon Martin and George Floyd to Michael Brown and Breonna Taylor, the Black Lives Matter movement has lied about each and every case. The new book, I Can't Breathe, explains why black lives really don't matter to the leaders of Black Lives Matter. You'll read about the goals of the BLM movement and how those goals have nothing to do with civil rights. The leaders of Black Lives Matter won't be satisfied until America is torn down and reimagined. This book tells how we can strengthen black communities and achieve freedom for everyone. Get the new book, I Can't Breathe, How a Racial Hoax is Killing America, by best-selling author David Horowitz. Available at Amazon or wherever books are sold. Next time on Focus on the Family, the incredible testimony of Cynthia Wentz, who as a teen began a destructive cycle of drugs, drinking, and promiscuity, which led to three abortions in her life. But God intervened, and today she's a pro-life advocate. You'll hear her next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Listen to Focus on the Family, weekday mornings at 9.30 on Faith Talk Detroit. Cash Call Mortgage is a DBA of Impact Mortgage Corp. NMLS ID 128231. Not all applicants will qualify. Equal housing lender. Licensed by California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation. Residential Mortgage Lending Act License Number 4131083. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. Or visit CashCallMortgage.com. Are you being denied a home loan or refi because you're a 1099 employee, self-employed, or a real estate investor? It can be frustrating, but it doesn't have to be, thanks to Cash Call Mortgage. At Cash Call Mortgage, we'll take the time to understand you and your income flow. Using 1099 income, rental income, and bank statements, you could qualify for a home mortgage or refi at a lower rate. So if you're being turned down for a home loan or refi because you're self-employed, a 1099 earner, or a real estate investor, instead of hearing denied, you could be hearing approved. To see if you qualify, visit CashCallMortgage.com or call now, 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. Dr. Charles Stanley Joshua 1 9 Be strong and of a good courage Fear not, neither be thou dismayed For the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go Hear the series, The Source of My Strength This week on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley Listen to In Touch, weekday afternoons at 1230 Welcome back to the Town Hall Review with you, Hewitt. As the Virginia elections approached, Democrats saw the antics of the past year were catching up to them. Parents realized progressives saw themselves as the arbiter of what is taught in schools. And parents were poised to vote in large numbers in the state. So Democrats tried to play the race card. 
Problem is, one of those running was a conservative Republican by the name of Winsome Sear. Female running for a lieutenant governor, who would be the first ever black woman to win the seat in the 400-year legislative history of Virginia. And she indeed won. Sears, join me on the Hugh Hewitt Show. What's going to happen in the Commonwealth if you get any kind of say in it? Well, I got to tell you, the beauty of having the whole ticket win as well as the House is that now we can be uh, moving things along in a much better way without the racial intonations, without the constant contradictions of putting employers against employees, you know, $15 an hour when there is no economic reason for it. And so now we've got to fire people in order to get it up to 15, that sort of thing. Um, Glenn has a plan that's uh, called his day one plan. And as I have said, I don't know if we're going to make it to day two because he's going to work us to death on day one alone. We, we've got to get the veterans. Um, as you know, uh, we've got about 800,000 veterans in Virginia, and we tax their benefits. He's got a plan to ensure that uh, within four years we get up to getting rid of that uh, tax on their benefits. Then we are going to bring in innovative charter schools. Uh, most people don't know that public charter schools are public schools, and so they fight against it. They worship the building instead of the child, and uh, we're not going to just keep throwing money at that. And so he's going to take care of that. And, in fact, I put in a a charter school bill 20 years ago when I was first in office. Now, you know, let's pause there for a moment, Lieutenant Governor Alex Sears. The appointments of the Secretary of Education and the Superintendent of Education are, I think, the two most important that Governor Yunkin, Mm -hmm. uh, when he becomes Governor Yunkin, makes. Have you counseled with him on who those individuals ought to be and what their orientation ought to be towards charter schools? Well, Governor-elect Yunkin, oh, boy, do I love saying that. Governor-elect Yunkin has promised us he's going to fire the current superintendent. Day one, fire this current superintendent. Now, I believe he's going to have at least two appointments almost immediately on the board because, you know, they roll off. Uh, But uh, the, the board has been stacked now for the past eight years with all Democratic appointees. So it's going to take him probably all four years unless uh, somebody moves out of their own volition. Uh, but but we can't really get rid of uh, the policies uh, that we have unless we get rid of some of the laws that we have, you see, because what they're doing is implementing the laws, which is why we needed the House, because we've got to bring back some of that and, and, and get rid of it, for example, CRT. And, you know, unfortunately, this left-wing media has been gaslighting us uh, uh, to let us know that well, there is no such thing as CRT. When we have seen with our own eyes that back in 2015, the Virginia State Board of Education put it on their website and put books recommending uh, the reading of such and the teaching of such. And, and we have other uh, proof. So he's going to make sure that, you know, we get rid of all this nonsense and actually teach our kids because you know, it goes even further than Virginia. Further than, This is about America. You saw what's happening in China. Uh, they, they threw up that uh, hypersonic missile that uh, General Motley said he was shocked. Are you kidding yep. me? You you yep. are the, the, the chairman, and, and you're shocked that your enemy did this? 
I've got to ask you, uh, Lieutenant Governor-elect Sears, I had Christopher Rufo on last night. Chris Rufo is drafting a transparency bill. He believes the most important thing for parents is to see what the curriculum is, what teachers are teaching, not to have cameras in the classroom, but to know which books. If you really are opposed to CRT, you just want to know what the curriculum is, because they're not going to label something CRT 101. I'm a graduate of 12 years of Catholic school, and Catholicism was in every minute of every hour of every day I spent in school. But it wasn't like Catholic chemistry and Catholic physics. It's just a Catholic school. So CRT school is the same way. He wants transparency in the curriculum. I think that's a great bill. Will you be championing something like that? Well, I would be, except I don't get to vote unless it comes to a tie vote. And then I can have my way in that. Uh, but, but absolutely, uh, we don't want to get rid of history. I mean, come on. We have to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, everything, so that we don't repeat it. That's not the issue. The issue is that you're pitting one race of child against another race, and, you know, we all know it's one race, but just for lack of conversational purposes. Uh, You you tell the white child you're an oppressor, your mommy and daddy are oppressors, and and you've always been oppressors, and then you tell the black child you're a victim, you've always been a victim. And, you know, it kills the spark in a black child. It demoralizes the white child. And what does that do for school, uh, the environment? It's poisonous. And then the, the Democrats get to swoop in as the political saviors and give us yet another program to uh, overturn what they just created using our tax dollars. It never ends. It never does that. But Lieutenant Governor Sears, when you elect, when you ever hear a, uh, for example, CNN Post arguing with uh, Senator Rick Scott the other day said at least four times, but we all know that CRT is not in the curriculum. CRT is not in the mm-hmm. curriculum. It's a talking point among the overclass now to try and pretend that the Virginia results were somehow a hoodwinked electorate when, in fact, it was a very angry group of moms who were very upset with schools being closed for a year and a half, very upset with mass mandates K through three, very upset with CRT, very upset with. Uh, sexual assault not being reported in Loudoun County. What do you say to that anchor when that anchor says CRT isn't taught? Go get a clue. And <laughs> don't don't try to make us idiots. We, 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 we know what's going on. I have knocked on doors in neighborhoods in the very rich and the very poor. And let me tell you, to a person, they tell us that they want choice. They want choice. The real racism to me is the fact that Rich people have a choice when it comes to their children's education. They can up and move them, et cetera. But when you're poor, you can't. I have a business. I have a small business. I would love it if I had that kind of monopoly on everybody's business. You move into my zip code, you must use my business. Well, that's what we're saying to people, uh, to our children. You come to this zip code, this is your school, no matter if it's failing or not. Tough. You, you suck it up, and if at the end of 12 years you're, you, you don't have anything to show for it and you failed, you suck it up. We, no, no, our children don't get do-overs. We've got to change. And by the way, you know that we public monies are going to school choice of a sort. Yes, we use public monies in pre-K programs all over the United States, and then we also give them federal funding to go to colleges, universities, community colleges. So how would we like it if we said to uh, people, to kids, you can only go to this school and this school only if you want to go to college? Coming up, shoplifters step up their game in broad daylight. Democrat politicians don't want them locked up. They won't even put them in jail. And the bad guys know this. The final segment of the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt when we return. 
One of the basic duties of government at any level is providing security for its citizens and their property. How disgraceful that some city governments are failing miserably in this fundamental task. Last week, the San Francisco Chronicle asked its readers if city residents should just tolerate burglaries as part of city life and instead focus on making their homes more burglary-proof. In a similar vein, Los Angeles authorities are telling robbery victims they should, quote, cooperate and comply, unquote, with thieves and simply report crimes later. This passive acceptance of crime is un-American and wrong. We don't let law-abiding citizens be victimized by thieves. Our streets don't belong to the criminals. Instead, we hire police to apprehend the wrongdoers, and then we prosecute them, and then we put them in jail. That's the way it works in a country bound by the rule of law. I'm Carol Platt-Lebow. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. This week on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie brings more of our most requested studies of the past year. We'll gain good inspiration from the life of Noah. And also, Pastor Greg shows us how to reach out appropriately to those who've lost loved ones. It's an important week on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Tune in mornings at 10 on WLQV FM 92.7 and AM 1500. In the Bible, Jesus says when we care for the least of these, it's like we're caring for him. But who are the least of these? They're moms like Myrna from Guatemala who fights every day just to keep her children fed. Right now, they are hungry. They want food, and we don't have money enough to get to the whole week. COVID-19 has left the world's poorest families on the brink of starvation. Throughout the Caribbean and Latin America, the basics of food and access to clean water are a daily struggle. Living is really hard. I only get food when other people give me food. When you partner with Food for the Poor, you answer the desperate prayers of moms and kids. Your gift of 170 will provide food for a year and water for life for two suffering children. Just pennies a day gives food and water, hope and life. Please give life now. Dial 855-849-4673, 855-849-4673, or click the red Give Life banner at faithtalkdetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Welcome back to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Some businesses in the Bay Area of California have shut their doors as politicians put little to no punishment on the crime of shoplifting. The poison is now spread to other states. Here's Salem host Mike Gallagher. There was a video that went viral over the weekend out of Connecticut. Shoplifters with masks on loaded up cars, these shameless shoplifters, and nobody called the cops. Because everybody's afraid of. All right, let's play cut eight so you can see what criminals think that they're allowed to do now in societies and in states and in communities, north, south, east, and west. It doesn't matter where you live. They've got shopping carts. 
overflowing. That's why prices go up because of these assholes. And they're just taking all the items out of the shopping cart. Get a job like the rest of us. Listen to the crowd talking to them and, sh and shooting video of it, but not doing anything about it. Dozens and dozens of huge tubs of laundry detergent, paper towels. I mean, it's unreal. One thing I do know you do is you call 911, but I guess people think, well, if we call 911, what's that going to do? Because Democrat politicians don't want them locked up. They won't even put them in jail. And the bad guys know this. The bad guys are aware of it. They're in on it. They cleared the shelves of all the Tide liquid detergent, These, you know, those huge oversized things of Tide. There must have been 50 of those. And they're just piling them into the car. Looks like three men and a woman. And you know they're doing this because they won't be held accountable. The inmates are running the asylum. They're, they're, we're not holding people accountable anymore for criminal behavior, I guess under the guise of social justice? Is that is that what the defense would be? Well, you know, we're black, and society has been terrible to black people, so now we're going to load up our minivan with 50 tubs of Tide. And that'll show you. I mean, really, you know, how do we get here? Well, we get here because Democrats have de-escalated crime as a criminal offense. They don't want to prosecute people. There are all these limits now. You can take up to $1,000 out of a store, and the bad guys know it. Thanks for joining us here for the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. On behalf of all my colleagues at Salem, let me wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. May this holiday season hold many blessings for you and yours. Catch up on earlier episodes at our website, townhallreview.com. And sign up for a daily dose of the best in talk radio. Special thanks to executive producer Russell Schubin, producers Charlie Richard, David Bouchon, Ben Brigman, Michael Cook, Adam Ramsey, Alex Perez, and, of course, Dwayne Patterson. Let me say thanks once again to our sponsor, the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Thank you for joining us. Dr. Charles Stanley. Joshua 1 9. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. Hear the series, The Source of My Strength, this week on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. Listen to In Touch, weekday afternoons at 12. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.